Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. George Smith was a 19th century biblical scholar and he tells the story about traveling in the Holy Land and he came upon a shepherd with his sheep and he spent the day talking with the shepherd, traveling with them and it came time for the evening and the shepherd led the, the sheep back to their pen and when they got there, the, George was looking at the pen and he couldn't understand the fact that there was no gate on the pen. And he said, is this where the sheep go into the sheepfold to, to be safe at night? And the shepherd said, yes. And he said, but there's no gate. And the shepherd looked at him and said, I am the gate. I lie across that opening at night to make sure that the, shep- the sheep are safe at night. When I started thinking about this passage for today and the, the fact that Jesus talks about being the gate here in our passage for today, I started thinking about farms that I know and thinking about places in Worcester where I know that they have sheep where I served in my first congregation. And it certainly would be nice to travel up to New Pittsburgh, but in this time of quarantine, that probably wasn't very practical. I couldn't think of anyone I knew that had sheep here in Cincinnati, but I did quickly think of our friends at Tacoon Farm and the fact that they've got animals. And I thought of this very gate right here, this gate that serves as the gateway between the farm and all of the animals. There are alpacas down here, there are chickens and, and a pig, and what a, what a gift to have this wonderful active farm here in the city. But as I was thinking about that pen, I was also thinking about the fact that I've been here when someone has left this gate open. And if you've ever spent any time on a farm, especially a farm with animals, you know the number one rule is always make sure you close the gate behind you. Because when those alpacas get out here and they're roaming around, it's not always the easiest thing to get them back inside. And so often when we're thinking about gates, we tend to think about them only in that one way, about gates as something that pen us in, that control us, to to keep us in a place. But gates really have this twofold purpose. It's not simply to pen us in, to keep us inside. Gates are also designed to protect us, to keep harm from coming from the outside. And so thinking about this twofold nature of gates, particularly this first part of being gates is that which restrict us and pen us in. I was thinking about how that's certainly a part of our narrative right now that we're confronting as a nation. Are these stay-at-home orders just confining us and penning us in? It's a narrative that's been building as the days and the weeks mount. We're all feeling penned in to some degree. But we've got to remember that other function as well, that they aren't designed just to keep us in. They're designed to keep the dangers out, to protect us from the evil that lurks outside. The gate then is transformed from something that pens us in into something that keeps the evil at bay. And most importantly, the gate becomes a passage into a place of security safety and wholeness. And our shepherds are not there to restrict us, but rather to protect us and to ensure that we have a secure place to live. 
There have been studies done on the effects of children in war zones, and part of the psychological damage that we find is the anxiety that they experience in living in a constant state of worry about something that might happen to them. At any moment, their lives or the lives of those they love can come to an end through the collateral damage of a bombing campaign. And this anxiety of never knowing a safe place can haunt them for a lifetime. We need safe places. We need security in our lives, and we experience this in our spiritual lives as well. There are times where people look at Christianity and they see it like the gate that's only designed to pen us in. Christianity is designed to pen us in, limit our behaviors, and control us. And it's such a difficult paradigm to flip with our middle schoolers that tend to see the world in black and white. We teach them the Ten Commandments, and they see them as a set of rules designed to restrict their behaviors. It's difficult to have them come to see that they're actually there to enable us to live in safety and community together. If as a community we can have a shared understanding of our acceptance of these guidelines, then we can trust our neighbors to care for us in relationship with us as we also care for them. These guidelines don't pen us in when we see them in this way. They actually enable our freedom as long as we stay within those bounds of doing things that also account for the good of our neighbors and of all of God's creation. And I think that's what Jesus is pointing to towards the end of this passage when he says, the thief comes only to kill and to destroy, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Jesus is inviting us to walk through the gate, not to be penned in, but rather to know that we come into a place of safety and security in him. And this is where it gets really interesting for us to think about coming into safety and security in Jesus because Christians have looked at that in very different ways over the centuries. And now in a time of great public uncertainty, some of those answers are going to seem very attractive once again. For a number of Christians over the centuries, safety and security has come to mean sectioning ourselves off as a community, distancing ourselves from the culture of the day, go into a closed community where you know you're safe and secure. So let's all just move down here to Takoon Farm, live safely behind the gate. And there's certainly a significant appeal to thinking about the protection of Jesus in this way. There's another way to think about being safe behind the gate of Jesus that doesn't necessitate us distancing ourselves from those outside of our community. It draws us back instead to the waters of baptism and thus back to the safety of the cross that's placed upon our foreheads marking us with the death and life of Jesus forever. We are safe inside the gate of Jesus, not because we have disengaged from the world, but rather because we now experience ourselves in the world with one foot in this world and one foot in the eternal kingdom of God. As members of the body of Christ, we're invited to trust in the eternal promise of the safety and security of the kingdom established in the death and resurrection of Jesus and trusting and being anchored in that promise. We can then boldly go into the world inviting others and in living as, as if the kingdom has already been firmly established with love, justice, and mercy for all, as we act with love and just and mercy for those around us. I return to those words of Luther that I came to a few weeks ago. 
But in the letter, he says this about the difference between the terror and the enemies that surround us. He says, if you can terrorize, Christ can strengthen me. If you can kill, Christ can give life. If you have poison in your fangs, Christ has far greater medicine. Should not my dear Christ, with his precepts, his kindness, and his encouragement, be more important in my spirit than you roguish devil, with your false terrors in my weak flesh? God forbid. Get away, devil. Here is Christ, and here am I, his servant in this work. Let Christ prevail. Amen. In Jesus, we find the gate to the kingdom that keeps us safe within the eternal promise of our baptism so that even if death should find us now, we go with the assurance of the eternal love and grace of God revealed on Easter, and that makes all the difference. We see it here at Takoon Farm, where, as we said, one reaction might be, well, let's close the gates and create a Christian commune. But that's not what they have done. Instead, they've stayed connected to their community and they're helping to feed people that are in need during this crisis. What does it look like for us to take the necessary precautions to both protect our health and reduce the spread of this virus to others? And simultaneously, how do we serve the needs of our neighbors because we are freed to do so by the power of the resurrection of Jesus? These are critical questions necessitated by our current circumstances. But really, they are questions with which we wrestle with all of the time throughout our entire lives. As we balance the insecurities of our lives with the empowerment of our baptismal promises. Promises from the shepherd that go with us through every challenge we might face, guiding us through this life into the life to come. I told the story before of coming home from a Monday, Thursday service many years ago. And it was rather late, but Margaret was still awake as our oldest child now. And I got home and Suzanne told me that Margaret wanted me to say the other prayer from church. She tried the Lord's Prayer and several others, but none of them were appeasing her. And I walked into her dark room and saw her lying there and thought, what is it that she's thinking of? And then suddenly it came washing over me as a moment of grace. And I knew exactly what she wanted me to say. I bent down like I'd done so many times at communion, made the sign of the cross and said, remember the God of your baptism loves and cares for you always. And that blessing then became a ritual for bedtime with Margaret and Daniel and with Sophie whenever I put them to bed. It was always very meaningful to me. But it was also something that petered out as all of them got older and we weren't tucking them in every night. So now, many years later, I was talking about it with Daniel one night not that long ago, and he couldn't remember the words that I spoke to him. And at first, I was crushed. But I also then began to think about the fact that it's a helpful reminder that we can't stop returning to the waters, tracing the cross on our foreheads and remembering that we have been claimed by Christ that we have been made heirs of the kingdom and that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus that keeps us safely in his fold. So as we continue to reflect upon these baptismal promises in this time, as we continue to think about what it means to be a person of faith safely in the fold of Jesus, I encourage you to reach down into the waters, to touch the waters and to be reminded of your baptism 
be reminded of that cross that protects you and keeps you safely in his fold and emboldens you to go into the world, to be a disciple of Jesus, to live and love like Jesus, serving our neighbors in need. May God continue to keep you safe in this time. And may God keep you safely in his arms from this life into the next as we live as disciples of Jesus together. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.